already? Yeah, I'm already recording. Can you just cut into my intro? You gotta warn a guest, okay? Rufaro, like... we're not going to invite you again. <laughs> First is last. <laughs> yeah, I'm just joking. You're always welcome, man. So, um, as you can tell, we are we are joined by the reclusive Rufaro, um, TechZone's lead developer, um, all-around nice guy, um, and sometimes cuts into my intro. So welcome to Chisma Nacho. This is where, well, I, it's now just the people of Texas. And I don't think the media team has a monopoly on this anymore because, yeah, yeah, you know, it's we have customer support, we have the devs. I think all that's left is admin and and, and the, the bosses. Uh, so as previously mentioned, we are joined by the lead developer, uh, Rufaro Adamonte. Uh, serial. Why do I feel like I'm the first one who you've taken so much time to introduce with the whole full name, surname? Next thing, Kumshakwedu, you know, uh, my total. Like, ah. But yeah, I And as usual, we are joined by El Mago, the magician, Ed. Um, Who's been on a roll this week in the videos? Um, yeah, I don't know what's what's going on at the new place, but you know, may the, may the fire keep burning. I'm playing catch up, but yeah, there's also another one that's gonna be dropping soon after we finish recording this. So, yeah, that'll be the last one for this week. Then I play some games because Friday is game night. So yeah, Rafaro, what's what's popping? That, game that reminds me, what's, dude. What's, what's the story? So I have to I have to sacrifice my C drive um to get once you go Star Wars Battlefront. So I was thinking could see Fridays could be may the force be with you Fridays. You know, may the force be with you Fridays. Because it's a Friday and force starts with F. Mm-hmm. You know, I have to explain it now. So it's like <laughs> you know, <laughs> once you're explaining it, it's kind of lost its value. Um but yeah, that's what I was thinking. I don't know. We'll see, we'll see how the how the day ends. But yeah. We sincerely hope that you do do a stream because, yeah, um, you know, I have nothing to let, do. Let me cue the download while, while we're on this. Uh, you trust Tel1 that much, huh? Ah, Tel1 Fiber is amazing. Ah, mm, okay. Please don't, don't, don't quote me because uh, you know, experiences <laughs> differ quote in him. places. Quote him. So you'll be like, ah, Rufaro from Tel1 Fiber is amazing. Therefore, mm. It is amazing for everyone. It's like, yeah. you know, in my experience, it is. Mm, so, guys, when, when you then have issues with Taiwan Fiber, please, when you speak to customer services, remember to say, Rufaro Madamombe from Texim said, it's amazing. <laughs> I'm just joking. I uh, don't quote, man. Uh, so, actually, actually, let's get started. I would like to continue our rambles, but uh, with people who are familiar with our other show, Technically, this is pretty much the Technically cast. Xiaomi could not make it today. Uh, something came up, so uh, it was supposed to be four of us, but the three is good. Um, it's just the boys would have liked um, to be a part, uh, but yeah, things happen. So uh, last week we went ad nauseum, me and Ed, about university versus apprenticeship. So basically, the benefits of of one or the other, the utility in Zimbabwe, the industry is where it's necessary. So if you haven't read, listened to that one, go back and listen to it. But today's kind of a part two of that uh, because we are going into the comments of a illustrious quote-unquote socialite AC Lumumba who on the 23rd of January was reported said that Zimbabwe universities produce useless graduates. Now in what he said in the comments that he said I think it was on Twitter um, he said after hiring 100 plus graduates across multiple positions I can authoritatively say Zimbabwe produces useless graduates. Useless not as an attack but as a concern. This is close to nothing you can use. This is close to nothing you can use them for there's close to, i think you meant to say there's close to nothing that you can use them for why well, i read that wrong whatever uh then he went on to say nast has the best crop use it uh you have to retrain msu i will not say that so this is um this is his standpoint so going from what we're talking about i'm sure Rufaro listened to the episode because um Tiso, i'm not sure it's his favorite show you can quote me on that um so <laughs> You know, he said this multiple times. Uh, so, guys, um, before we get into the comments in, in, in what they're saying, um, Rufaro has to give his take on university versus apprenticeship in as brief as possible at time because Rufaro can go on about this. So I'm just sparing the, the audience, you know, this. 
Okay. Uh, well, you should have told me that. I was going to be like a restriction on how long I can talk for. Mm. Um, okay. So university versus apprenticeship. So essentially for me, it boils down to, it's not an either or. It's not a, okay, you have to choose university or you have to choose apprenticeship. And one of them is going to be wrong. Um, for me, it's like, there's no like black and white um, correct answer or wrong answer. It's more like, okay, which one's the optimum answer for you at that particular point in time and what you want to achieve. So like, um, with Ed's story, I was like, okay, he did the whole apprenticeship thing and then now he's doing um, the university thing. So he didn't like choose one or the other. He did both at different times. So you could do kind of like the same thing depending on whether the apprenticeship is flexible or the school is flexible. You could actually be at uni while at the same time doing some form of apprenticeship depending on the demands there. So you could choose both. Um, however, even though I say it depends with what you want to achieve and the, the path which is optimum for you, I do say if your goal is to learn as much as possible, as quickly as possible, then I would be in favor of apprenticeship because you're kind of like hands-on, practical, um, particularly an apprenticeship where you're actually working at a, at a company in the industry that's actually like doing a lot of stuff, uh, then you get to learn a lot than if you're just in university and you're kind of studying the theoretical side of doing things and you're building small university projects um, that won't have like, for example, a customer on the other end, which introduces a whole lot of different um, issues. Me just speaking now was from the view of computer science. So if you're doing uh, programming or you want to be a software developer, then uh, yeah, it would be ideal for for you to do an apprenticeship if you want to learn very quickly. Um, but then like what you guys said, uh, university is also needed, particularly for um, in, um, industries where you have to have a degree. So it's not like a choice. It's not like, oh, you can forgo it. So you mentioned medicine um, and I'm thinking law as well and things like that. Um, you would have to go to, to university in the end. Um, so it's like that. And then there are industries where it can be either or. Um, so like with tech, initially big companies were like, yeah, yeah, you need um, a degree, but then it ended up changing. So big companies, I'm talking about the Googles and Facebooks of the world. They recently then went like, you know what? It's not a hard stance anymore for us to say, you definitely need a computer science degree if you can prove you're skilled and we actually believe you can do the job then there is gonna be that's I won't say it's special anymore, but it's, there's going to be that opportunity for you to still join without a degree. Um, so, so yeah, so that would be also something to look at. So if you want to work for a local company and if it's like Econet and Econet says they need degrees, then as much as you might think it's not optimal for you to go to uni to learn the skills, you might still just have to go there to get in, in, in the door um, at the company that you want. So in short, yes, it depends. It's not an either or. Um, you choose the optimal path for you. It might be both um, at the same time or at different times, and a whole lot of other factors like the industry and the type of work that you want to get into will affect. Um, this will probably then influence what I'm going to say in the next question. But yeah, let me stop. Otherwise, Valentine will be like, dude, this is what's this? Listen, to anyone who's listening, uh, we get long voices from Ofaro, so I'm pretty much used to Ofaro talking for minutes at a time, so it's, for me it's not a problem. I just worry for those who are the uninitiated, who are yet to experience the full <laughs> Ofaro experience. But yeah, like um, when you said um, uh, there's a hard stance in Zimbabwe when they want you to have a degree for something, right? Um, I think yeah. it's the culture. And I think is it, it kind of, well, my point kind of ties into what uh, AC is saying going to university is seen as an accomplishment okay back then probably it was now it really isn't because of the way things are moving now there are outliers of course like the industries that Rafara mentioned uh probably engineering and medicine and others and law probably um but there are capable people out there who can do the work who don't get that trial to, to see the barrier has always been the um, um the degree if you don't have the degree you're not qualified to do it or oh, you, you're not you're not recommended for the position. They want that as a, and I okay. I'm gonna switch a little bit here. I get why they do that because it's kind of um, uh, what can I say? An assurance 
that at the very least you are competent. Like what I said the last time, a degree is basically a certificate of competence. Like when you get after, after you do your driving test, you've passed the test. You can technically drive, but you, you are not prepared for the combi drivers, the mshika shikas, you know, that, that are out there on the road. You won't know how to navigate that, especially town and Zim, um, when things are just a mess, especially when it's raining. So um, yeah, the, the degree is similar to that. Uh, I think that is what he's trying to say in a probably more crass way. Um, we don't produce useless graduates. We just expect graduates to know everything or to be to get into the job and be able to know, okay, I need to do this, this and that. When every industry business, let's just say business, if you're, if you're getting the degree, let's say a business administration degree, every business has its own culture. Everything you learned in the textbook is just a pretty much a guideline. Um, people like what Rafara said, people who learn, people who've done well are entrepreneurs, who've gotten in there, gotten their feet wet, and just done it and i'm not saying they've all done well but you know they, they there's a hit and miss um in that respect so I, I feel like that is what he's trying to say but not in the the the, the most diplomatic way uh especially on the msu part when he said msu which i didn't want to say before but you know i think he's just generalizing but i think the problem is not that we produce useless graduate i think the problem is that the culture around the, the workspace is more lean to people with a piece of paper that said, oh, no, I completed four years or three years doing this instead of, oh, no, look, this is what I can do. And again, to, to kind of go against what he's saying, why aren't you going out there looking for those people who are saying, listen, I've got three years experience. I've got um, I don't have a degree, but I can show you what I can do. Give me a two week or three week trial. Unpaid. Let me show you what I can do. He's part of the problem. And him railing against graduates really isn't, you know, the, the best thing to do. Um, and I'm going to switch the mic to Ed because I don't want, um, I don't want Rafara to go on and on before we hear Ed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. I I hear you there, and I actually agree with the point that you're making about uh, the context in which it's said. Uh, there is some truth to it in in the matter of, I think I highlighted in, in the podcast last week that in my own experiences, um, university was very theoretical and apprenticeship was very practical. And you would notice that there is a discrepancy when it comes to um, the practical capabilities of an individual on the job, regardless of them having a degree versus uh, that of a guy who's gone through apprenticeship, for example. So you find out that um, it also boils down to the methods of scouting for the talent that you're looking for, for that particular job that you wish to be done. So probably he wants an accountant, for example, and he just looks for someone with an accounting degree, uh, but how proficient are, are those people in that accounting? And Valentine puts it, very well but by saying hey why don't you on top of this do like um pr pretty much an open letter hey we're looking for an accountant just pull through and again for some it might be a screening method hey we're just gonna use a degree as a baseline and um start from there so we'll start looking at people who have degrees uh, reduce the pool in which we are looking at. And then from there, we start um, sifting through interviewing them and giving them trials so that uh, we can find who's best fit for the job. But again, uh, the method, does the method really provide you with the individual that has the skills that desire is more the bigger question than what universities are producing or at least that's how I saw it. Okay, so I like what you said, like do a screening, like a filter, um, you know, widen the gaps between who's caught and who's not. So you can get a proper picture of who's in the job market because you can miss on some really brilliant people. Um, for example, I used to know this guy, I forgot his name, who was, who had, like, who was astute when it came to numbers. Um, and I don't know the teacher was like, dude, you could literally walk in and work as an accountant or as an accountant apprentice or, you know, as, as, as an assistant or something, because it seemed like you've got the knack for it. And, you know, if someone like that, and I'm not saying this is what he did, but if someone like that isn't, you know, fit for that academic setting, because like university is not for everybody, uh, both financially and the experience. Um, 
yeah, that stuff is expensive. And the experience might not be something that you want to go through. You might just want to go out there and work immediately. Now, obviously, something like accounting is very complex, but if you can learn it on the job, they can probably teach you in practice better than you could learn in school when you just have to be tested for it. Because like I said last week, the stakes are higher. Someone who knows that, okay, I'm, I have to do this. There is no um, safety net as such. Uh, I have to actually do this. Probably will perform better. Like what, like what, like what Rafara said at the beginning, like you will learn quickly and very quickly. So I'm going to pass the mic back to Rufaro because, you know, I can feel him seething in the corner there. Like, brah, listen, he kind of like sidelined me for Ed. It's fine. Um, <laughs> this guy. Uh, so, so like, um, just give me my opinion on, on what um, the original tweet was saying, that um, universities are churning out uh, useless um, graduates, is it? Um, so... I, I am this is an opinion. It's coming from a sample of a hundred people and it's making a generalization. So there's that. Um, I'm also going to make a generalization of based on that um, idea that we're talking about, okay, this is just how society is now set up. This is just the culture that's there. Companies expect degrees, getting a degree is more of an achievement. People are really going to university, uh, again, generalizing, um, not necessarily to acquire the skills, but to just get in their pass, get a degree. So with all of those things, I can then kind of see where he's coming from, where he's like, okay, you know what, in the end, which I do think it, it does matter, Ed, hey, like uh, what the what the unis are, are producing in the end. Because like you go through the system and in the end, you're not getting uh, someone who's like going to be um, thinking out of the box, coming up with solutions. Um, and, you know, someone who's just not there to like pass an exam paper because in the world, there's no like exam paper for you to like write an answer and be like, okay, yes, I got it correct. It's, 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 it's a wild, wild west and you're just out there trying to survive essentially. Um, so that issue of you're going through it just for um, one, the accomplishment and two, to just pass, then ends up resulting in um, the graduates that um, he's talking about where you're not really getting someone who has the skills, you're just getting someone who memorized things to pass, and by then they might have even forgot them, or they were just going through the motions without really being invested in uh, what they're doing. Because like, if you go the apprenticeship route, you're kind of out there in the world and you're like more dedicated to really being like devoted to this stuff because if it fails, like there's no safety net, like that's it. Um, uh, whereas with uni, it's like, yeah, uh, once you have the degree, that's that's pretty much it. That's the safety net, and you can pretty much get by um, university. It's not like you have to always be at your A game. They're like bars, right? Um, you can be like, hey, you get the distinction, or you can still pass and still get your degree. Uh, so I do kind of uh, agree, Kuti. The way the educational system right now is set up, it's not set up in a way where we are producing problem solvers. Uh, it's set up in a way of you're producing, I don't know, employees. you're just getting people to pass it. Employees, basically. And that's right. it. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you think about I think, so I actually had like um, a couple of people that actually mentioned that saying, hey, it, it almost feels like the educational system is just set up for for examinations, pretty much. How competent are you at answering an exam paper? It focuses more on that than how you can actually apply the knowledge that you have learned in a practical setting to solve problems, as Rufaro rightfully put it. Um, problem solvers, I guess probably that can be the frustration that um, a AC Lumumba and probably a bunch of other employers have right now. The fact that they would employ someone hoping that this person helps them to solve a problem that they have in their business. And in the end, they, it seems like they can't. It seems like they are, waking, they are waiting for a template to do something and then do exactly what that template says. You know, you're given an exam, you're given a bunch of questions and you want to find the answer to those questions. So... So yeah, uh, I I really I really think there is that, and it also sort of feels like um, I think Rufaro also mentioned it in the case where 
the the curriculum might not really be keeping up with the changes in the environment. So, um, so for example, probably a lot of things can now be done online. And since they can be done online, things are now becoming paperless and probably there are now softwares that can do the work that you used to do with a calculator or something. And, uh, you know, I think it's an expectation from someone from uni to be abreast with that. And then when they get into the industry, they are the ones telling the industry or trying to drive the industry in the direction of, I don't know, where, where development is headed, you know, uh, rather than trying to maintain, represent and defend legacy systems. Um, probably that's more... And say, uh, I think it's well. I, I agree with, with most of what you're saying. Um, so I don't get you wrong. You're saying they're basically just creating, you know, cogs, pieces that are just going to fit into a certain system that that's already pre-existing, right? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. So they like I'm probably going to be reacting what you're saying, but they're pretty much just trying to prop up the established order. Like things should follow this way and that way, correct? Yes. So is, okay, let's just look at Zimbabwe's case in a, like, just let's put a microscope on Zimbabwe's case, right? And let's say, um, do we need cogs or we need innovators? I don't know, what do you guys think we need? Do we need employees or we need people to find solutions? So, so when Ed was speaking, right, I actually wanted to, to like jump in and be like, you know, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Like it's, it's kind of like a weird thing to then say after what I just said of, hey, we, we need problem solvers. So, what I'm trying to say is, Kuti, not everyone has to be an entrepreneur, for example. Like, they are the people who are the CEOs, the number ones, and then there are people who not necessarily have to be CEOs or number ones. They can be the number three and perform really well as being a number three or a number 10 or whatever, right? Uh, so I also think, like, generally it would be ideal if we had everyone being a problem solver you know being the, the person who's a leader who's thinking about um, all of these things and how to solve them um, the reality is that that's probably not going to happen because people are different and some people are just wired in that sense of hey I just want to wake up know what I have to do how to do it and just do it um, that's like the employee type right like you're given okay, this is your job, um, this is what you're expected to do, and and then you just run that down, and you're playing a part in this whole, like, I don't want to use the word system, but organization. <laughs> so if it's a company, you're playing a part in the organization, right? And you just if effectively doing your, your, your job, whether it's routine or whatever, you don't have to think about things outside of the box, has its role in just getting the the organization to function and to run well. And then there are other people whose place is to um, to be the ones who are worrying about the big things. But that does not mean, don't then misunderstand me to then say, okay, this person should then just stick to being a cog in the in the machine. Like, no, if they want to learn, sure, uh, let them venture out, learn, uh, become a leader, you know, gain new skills and stuff. I'm not saying they should stay there. But I'm just saying, if we end up having people we just prefer that, who is it on us to force them to be problem solvers? Or aren't we then just going to introduce frustration by trying to force someone to be something that they are not inclined to be versus we just like um, make sure they perform at their best in what how they choose to perform in, provided we agree with that. I'm gonna interject and say, mm. I, I agree with what you're saying that not everybody's life is supposed to be the life of a CEO because not all of us are made to make those high high risk decisions. Um, not all of us understand the landscape of an industry unless we aspire to be something like that. And sometimes you might not even start out as someone who thinks like that, but you develop into someone who does, right? Mm -hmm. Because you never know the experiences you go through life, um, what where you end up. So I think what AC is trying to say is that there is a, a level of I don't know what it's called, barely, not, not, there's certain competencies. Like for example, uh, Ed, right? When you see a video that has been put out by someone, do you not just pick out the pieces to say, oh no, but that could have been done that way, that could have been done that, that way. 
Maybe try this. Do you never yeah. go through that process? That, see, so I'm th- I'm thinking what he means is pretty much that is that people who then to just say, "Yo, listen, why isn't that this being done that way?" Or people who just say, "Wait, wait, when your boss gives you instructions, do this right," and you you have, you build a rapport or a relationship with your boss that you know that they want their their things done the way they want to. So the best way is probably to say, "Listen, okay, fine, cool. The way you you want me to do it is inefficient, so I'm going to prove that the way I want to do it is more efficient, and then come back with the results to them." I think that's probably what he's saying. Is that we're so not... Essentially, that when um, the institutions are not producing people who care, and not not necessarily That's care. Like... Not necessarily care. I think it's more of a case of people who see the broad picture. And I'm not saying you know people have blinkers on. I'm not saying that. It's just that mm. you know. Okay, I'm gonna have to use an example. I'm gonna have to go all head on you guys and use an example. So I had this. <laughs> I had this uh, teacher in high school called Miss Shannon. Well, she was Miss Shannon. I think she's married now. And she taught, she gave me my first introduction into philosophy. Right. So I had never thought of the world that way. Um, I think her surname was Miss Levy, Shannon Levy. Yeah. So I never thought of the world that way, right? I never really conceptualized the world in, in philosophical terms, ask all these questions and stuff like that. But after that one, it was, I think it was an essay. I think Walter Benjamin, uh, Walter Benjamin's uh, humans, human propensity to, to self-destruction or something like that. I don't know, don't quite remember the name, but it was that little introduction from an English teacher. This was off syllabus to then lead me on a course where you know you begin to ask all these questions. And I'm not saying you know I I I I, I I've discovered the, <laughs> the the questions of life not at all. It's just that I would have never seen things the way I do now had I not gone through that experience and it led me down a rabbit hole. So what I'm saying is that are the institutions not, for example, challenging the students who need or who require that kick to challenge? Are you not identifying? Because again, university is just a mass of students. So it's 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 a production line, basically. You're not creating, you know, a bespoke or, you know, a singular person. You're creating someone who can achieve A, X, A B, and C, right? So aren't you not, you know, by challenging that little bit, you might open up people to certain things, going off syllabus, off book, as long as you're on course. But to see who takes it, who doesn't. And that, that is a job, the job of an educator, basically, is to see what, what are these person's affinities. And I know it's difficult to say because universities are massive and like some of the lecture halls are like hundreds of students sitting there and it's difficult to do that. But there are other settings where it's more close-knit, where you can have an actual relationship with your students and see, oh no, this, the, this person does this, this person does that. They like this, they like that. They're more inclined to this. Why don't you kind of introduce certain things or what do you what do you want to do with this or what can you see from this to see what they can understand and you can see what can I possibly introduce as an educator to then say let's broaden your perspective even beyond what I can see because it could be something that you just recommend you just it's just you know you know hey bruh by the way I saw this or saw this show or this this, this album or this whatever and you don't know what kind of impact you can have on someone and I think that is what's lacking is the production line system that way first year third year graduate code work in between there, but it's just pretty much while and doing their own thing. Um, it, again, teachers aren't really paid enough for them to, to take an, an invested interest in it, into their students. So again, I, I'm, I'm speaking as though they should be doing more when they can't because they're restricted by other concerns, of which I think that should be acknowledged. But I think the system should afford for that, even not even going to university, I think starting from high school. Because like I can imagine there's there are, like without that one experience that I had with my English teacher, I would have walked into the world more naive than I would before. And this is not overstating what that essay did. Well, I'm hyping it up, so pretty much I am. So <laughs> yes, it did a lot. And it, it opened my eyes a little bit to things that opened my eyes even more. So it got me to, to this point. I'm not crediting it with my entire life, but I'm just saying it got me to this point where I you know, kind of visualize things in a certain way. So I think that should be part of the syllabus. I don't think it should be a case of just, you know what, uh, come to come to 60% of the classes, write your assignments with four people, get a bare minimum of 50%. When they get to a certain age, like what they do in medical school, go into the field, into the field, like um, uh, after 30, after the barrier exam in third year, you then go and do practicals. There should be a case for that for almost every degree, if it, if it doesn't exist. If that doesn't work in open people's minds and creating more useful graduates, then I don't know what will, to be honest. Mm. Interesting. So, so, so I like a bunch of points you made there, especially like um, regarding re- regarding exposure. I think most most of your comment really hinged on exposure, in the sense that um, 
you know, as you're going through the whole process of the educational systems, your exposure kind of then determines your interest and you then laser focus on that interest at tertiary level, which is your universities or your colleges, depending on which route you decided to take. Um, but it's something that also I feel is not that prevalent, especially when we're still laser focusing on Zim. Um, because yeah, I, I don't remember I don't remember any like uh, career guidance thing happening with us in primary or secondary and whatnot. Uh, but there is talk that back in the day, like that's what school trips used to be about, you know, um, primary school trips where you'd go and visit a certain factory and see the professions that exist in, in that place. You'd go to a bank, you'd go to all these places just to see different types of professionals within the industry, what they do and figure out if that's something you're interested in. Because I mean, in the end, that whole um, affinity to uh, solve problems, whether at the level of an employee just trying to solve a problem presented to you within your particular, um, within particular job description or at CEO level where you have to be making um, important decisions. I think it's something that is very much inspired by your exposure and your background towards that form of career, which is something that is massively lacking, uh, or at least I, I, I feel it's massively lacking in, in Zim and probably why you then get into the industry blank when it comes to, um, um, when it comes to basically what happens within the industry. Um, you're more familiar about, you know, just taking up exams and lectures and assignment and you are not really like it takes you a while to then get into tune with what exactly happens in the industry to get into form with that and for companies that do not have the patience they might quickly get irritated by you but not in a sense that you're incompetent but that at that particular moment in time you just had not yet um, acquired enough skill to do that job effectively. So, yeah, true. I don't know. I don't know what you do. That's true. But I, I agree. Uh, before I don't worry, I'm going to come to you and say, uh, I, I can feel it over the, over the wife. <laughs> uh, I, I wanted to say that I think exposure begins at home. I think we're going back a bit now, um, but I think the, the, the problem involves all the, that whole chain up into tertiary education. I think exposure begins at home. I think, you know, most parents, again, I speak as a parent, but I'm not, so forgive me, want to protect their children, right? So they will try and shelter them in, in the best ways possible uh, from certain things. Um, now, speaking for general babies, it was difficult to then um, um, adapt to things out there. Because like when you go to universities, I think anyone who's gone to gone abroad to university understands that when Zimbabweans land in a foreign country, all hell breaks loose. For some of them, this is the most amount of freedom they've gotten in their whole lives. <laughs> so it's 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 a it's a system of calibration, trying to calibrate, you know, money management, um, uh, time management, and just general what can I and cannot can I cannot do because there's no one there to 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 give you that oversight. So I think exposure begins at home. Um, I think you need to begin to broaden the minds of your children when 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 um, while they're growing up. Um, they need to learn certain skills way earlier. Don't just leave it to the educators to say, no, they're going to do everything. You got your part to do as well. Again, this is a being you born into the world and it was your choice. So I think you're, it's, 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 it's part of your responsibility to try and, you know, broaden the kid's perspective as much as they, as much as you can. The second point to that is don't force people to do things they don't want to do. Like there are vanity degrees. Kids will be pushing, go be a doctor because it's fashionable or they do give the family status. If the guy is not good at that, even though he's capable of it, don't force him to do it. Like, why would you do that? <laughs> if the guy doesn't want to I be could a sense the emotion in that. <laughs> no, but I'm saying, that's the thing. Like, but unfortunately, it is true. Eh? Yeah, it, is. it does happen. In a, in a case where you just said, hey, it's either you're going to be, I think it's just three professions that you're supposed to get into. It's either an engineer, a lawyer, or 
a doctor. Okay, mm. sometimes maybe accountant, but yeah, like uh, outside of those, you're now pushing it. <laughs> yeah, like well, why why not look at what the person's actually good at? You know, look at what the kid is actually good at, see what they spend their time doing and try, you know, push that along because you're, you're not leading them astray. And, you know, nine times out of 10, someone would rather fail at what they love than succeed at what they hate. Like, I don't know about you guys, but that's how I see it. Like, I would rather bank my life on something that I know that I'm going to enjoy doing every single day. It'll have its ups and downs, etc. But, but I'm doing what I enjoy. It does not feel like work. Some days it might, but, you know, in general, it doesn't really feel like work. So, you know, nurture that. If your kid's good at sports, don't then say, oh, no, there's no money in sports. Don't wait for Monopa next door. I a superstar at a sport and then say, ah, but you why go now? Cricket, why go now? So, like, dude, you already knew that. You nurture knew. that. You knew. Nurture that. Expose your kids to that. And if they yeah. want to change course, they can do that. But that, but then it, it, it starts from in the home. Don't leave to the educator. And at this point, I'll bring in Bufar because I think he must be hating me at this point. So I'll take it on the chin. Uh, what play? Uh, no. Uh, I'm not hating. Yes, I agree with what you guys are saying. Um, exposure is very important. And yeah, let people choose. I, I think like what you said, Valentine, it's like, yeah, parents just want to protect us. And it's, it's very risky for them to like let you do whatever. Life is, risk, refer, life is a risk. Life is a risk. You can't, there's no safety. Even with a degree, all right, for example, I know friends who did business administration and then finding jobs in an industry is not easy unless you do the full master's and then you progress further. So if your kid was good at something, life is a risk. Doing that in itself was a risk. And worse still, if you push the kid to that. It's like, hey, this is the risk that we understand and know, right? Versus you're like asking us to let you take a risk that we have no idea how big of a risk it is, what's going to, what's the worst case scenario. It's like, yeah, with the degree thing, they, they kind of see it like, okay, yeah. Uh, if worst case is gonna be maybe like this, but they can still get a job, you know, they've got a degree. Eventually they should be able to get a job. Uh, so it's like, yeah, we understand that. Um, plus it's like, imagine you've never, like you've just seen video games as like leisure, right? And then your kid says, I want to be an, a professional esports player. Like a lot of time I'm a game because in the battle, it's like what? Like who's going to play you to play games? Like how are you going to make money from this? Hey, who else is doing that? And I guess the hardest thing, particularly if you're like local, is you'll be referencing people abroad. You'll be like, oh no, look, it's a big industry in the US, but it's like, ah oh, yeah, but you're in Zimbabwe. So that also probably plays in a part no, of like how, hey, how does that preclude people though? For example, if you're a parent, if your kid is good at something, why not do the research? Like, why not just do the research to see, is this feasible, is this viable? How good actually is he or can he get? Can we actually invest mm-hmm. time in this? Or can we put it within his schedule to then see if we can actually get competent or even really good at this so they can make a living off of it? Again, it's down to the parents. You can't just say, no, we want to, you know, lowball this to make sure that you live a, you know, quote-unquote normal life with normal expectations. No, let's see what you can do. If we don't understand it, we study it. I think that's, that's the problem with the, with the baby boomer generation is that whatever they're afraid of, they just don't want to approach. It's just like, ah, you know what? No, <laughs> I am not, I don't have the time, nor do I have the patience to learn this. Okay, so how, yeah. what so, so what are you passing on to your kids? Because we're perpetuating that system. Yeah, well, people are resistant to change. It's like, that's, that's pretty much it. It's like, I don't understand this is something new and it's need me to like change my worldview and the what's possibility. And yeah, there's just going to be friction with some people. With others, they'll be like, ah, okay, let's see, let's see what happens. And yeah, um, like what you're saying, if you are resistant to that, what are you teaching your kids? Um, are you teaching them to always stick with whatever they know and never learn new things, which is not the ideal lesson you'd want to be teaching your kids? Amen. Absolutely not. Um, so if anyone listening, uh, if it seems like I'm doing most of the talking, yeah, yes, this is a very sore spot for me. Uh, so yeah. Um. So this man wanted all his uni money so that he would go do stuff. This That's is, why he's salty. If, if I got all that uni money, to be honest, like I would have obviously invested probably three quarters of it, and then taken the quarter and traveled the world because. I, but I would think, you? Sorry. Would Would you have known? 
I, I don't know whether it's better or what, um, but like you're at 18, 19, uh, mm-hmm. somewhere there, mm-hmm. um, which could really have used it really well. I mean, I guess that's where it then plays a part to be like, hey, these are your parents. They're much older, wiser. Just the fact that they've gone through life for longer than you should count for something when they say, yeah, dude, no, you're not getting that. Even if we think you uh, might be able to pull it off, it's just like, hey, dude, you're like 18. Like, yeah, no more 18 year olds might not be at that level of making um, wise decisions with money, like in terms of investing and stuff. No, but but then again, I think it's down to the parents. It's conversations you should have. Like, okay, what do you want to do with your money? Right? If you say invest, okay, invest where? At eighteen, I probably wouldn't have, wouldn't have had a clue of what to invest in. But then again, that's incumbent to the parents. Like, dude, okay, you want to build a future, right? Um, if it's not within their capacity to find someone who can then teach you through that process, then you find someone who can do it. Like, for example, mm-hmm. if I if my son said, "Oh no, dude, ah, uh, dad, you know what? I I want to get into coding." Do you honestly think I'll be like, ah, Brad, no. You know, I, I think it's best for you to do this. Or I'll be like, no, I know Rafaro. He's been doing this a really long time, pretty good at it. Um, you know, let me link you up with him. He'll describe it to you. If you still want to do it after you've had conversations with him, then, you know, fair enough, he can walk you through it. Or he can give you the best yeah. course of action of what to do. Again, the people around us are resources. So if your kid really wants to take this course, then they should see the reality for it. If they still want to go ahead with it, then fair enough, yo, live and die by the sword. But if you don't and you want to go back to the original plan, again, give people options. Mm. Once people see that they're options. Justin, sure. I'm done. <laughs> so yeah, so for <laughs> me, yeah, I I was I, I was fortunate enough. Um yeah, there was some headbutting and all of that as expected. <laughs> but yeah, in the end I got my way. Um and I got to do what I wanted. Um, so like, yeah, growing up, like what you guys are saying, there's pretty much three professions. Um, in my case, it was unfortunate because my dad is a doctor. So it was like, oh, so you're going to be a doctor like your dad? And I was Shame. like, no, I'm going to be a heart surgeon, you know, one up him. Because at that time, I was just a general practitioner. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to specialize. I'm going to one up. But then eventually, um, and I think it also plays a part, Kuti, yeah, the, the high school that I went to in my early years, you know, that's where you got all of that uh, um, career guidance. You really got taught, like, it pretty much opened up my brain. So that's Gateway High School. So you get to learn, like, okay, the world is not just this that you're seeing right now. There's so much out there. You can be pretty much anything. Um, so that really also, like, pushed me. Like what you guys saying, okay, environment, we need all these things in the schools, in you know, teaching this. Um, so it pushed me to that age where I would, I did to question, Kuti, do I really need to go to university to do, uh, yes, spoiler alert, I didn't, um, to do <laughs> what I, what I want to do. Um, and I was very young and I said, no, I don't need to. I did not have like the concrete numbers or proof or something foolproof to be like, look, it's going to work out. Look, I've done, I've crunched the math. Like, here's the projection. There's no way this is going to fail. I do not have such a concrete thing. Um, so I don't even know how how he ended up deciding to just let me do what I want. I don't know. Because, like, thinking about it now in hindsight, it's like, dude, I was young. Like, <laughs> yeah, we're talking about young. You would see, you'd be like, hey, uh, does this person know what they're doing? Or oh, it's just a kid who's just off saying crazy stuff uh, but yeah fortunately yeah it's so far it's working out uh, really really well like I've learned quite a lot in just a short space of time so yeah he's made a bunch of cool things so a bunch of cool things, <laughs> of really cool things. Uh, so I just wanted to say like the thing with with all I'm saying sounds like I'm being foolhardy and as you say I'm cognizant of the fact that when you make choices like that it's now on you so if you're gonna do That's this, thing. Yeah. it's now on you. You don't like it's it's you, you can't you can't go blame your parents when they when they're giving you this ideal scenario I have in my head. I'm like guys, you mm. didn't guide me and you didn't do this. No, they gave you the options, and you chose one. Don't then run back and say no. You guys should have advised me better. No, live and die by the sword, or by the pen, or by the the keyboard. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But I think like fundamentally, it's also um, what Rufaro said, like, um, you have to have really like 
a real passion for for what you want to go and do for you to be uh for you to be making those decisions so and and more importantly you should um you should love learning what it is that you're going there to learn more than loving the end result which is pretty much the paper so like enjoying the journey more than the destination and i think even valentine mentioned it it becomes a fulfillment thing one of like maslow's hierarchy of needs i think there's self-fulfillment somewhere there at the top i guess i think i don't know self-actualization yes uh yeah i i'm a scientist i wouldn't know these things but you know so like yeah it's, it's one of those things where if you really do something that you enjoy because for example i've gone the route i mean rufaro went for hey i'm going to just stop going along this um this safe path and jump into this because i have faith in it and i enjoy doing it and i would say i also went with the same mindset as rufaro but along that same path that normal path um and you'll find out that probably uh hey that's it feels like feels like lucy simbi say i hope i hope i live up to it but hype yourself uh, up a bit hype yourself up <laughs> but like you know i'll i'll think that probably because i enjoy what i'm learning and i live what i learn i might be one of the competent guys out there with a degree and that is the expectation of everyone coming out of university and um something that a lot of companies and some individuals like AC Lumumba are struggling to find so yeah do what you enjoy and opportunities will come uh, that said uh, i i do videos at Texim which is completely not related to what i'm studying so yeah you can have what you choose not the only thing that you can do um yeah choices are there like you can multitask you can do everything that you like at the same time if you're a doctor that's not going to stop you from being a movie star i mean i think there are guys that did that and have no names but i know they are <laughs> but yeah like i think i think that's just the point that you said that um like you went the route of work it was well technical college and then work and then university proper so i think it should let's normalize going to university in your mid 20s like you don't have to have your life figured out by the time you're in 1920 so so i actually wanted to to get to that when it was like you um you can you don't have to do like one you can end up doing like different things um i was like hey like you know sometimes i just sit down and I'm like ha i wonder what it would have been like had i gone to university like what would have been the experience been like like that but then if i ever contemplate like going there i'm just like ah do that you're not old dude um so like what you're saying valentine to be like yeah you know you need to normalize that um and i know one guy who, who did that like did the whole like working thing and now he's decided to go um to uni because he wants to do research type of things and with like heavy mathematics and stuff like that so he wants to learn that but then it's like yeah um you are now that mid 20 guy who's getting into university uh for a bachelor's degree in uh mathematics of the side um but yeah um, good for you you can if you're doing it for you, you can. good for you and imagine if you then get hired out of university saying that listen i worked for like 6 7 years of my life i did i did the university experience the university experience for you is probably going to be a cakewalk because i feel like it's probably going to be less challenging than the risks that actually exist in the real world because again we're insulated in academic institutions there is very little risk except failing an exam and you first you take supplementary exams you can repeat a year it costs money of course the risk is always money but there are a number of safety nets So if you go through it like I think the the thing is true my scholarship would be you must have your life figured out by the time you're 25. Because in Africa Zimbabwe to be specific you expected to have kids when you're in your mid 20s cuz you're supposed to be now churning out your brood. Not the case. I am nearing my expiry date in terms of my 20s. So <laughs> I'm going to say it's not the case. <laughs> do like do it when you feel you're ready. I think that, that that's difficult to say. Um because you know some of them feel like they're ready now 
But when they get into the situation, they feel like they're not. Because like, again, the university experience mm. teaches you a lot. Once you're in there, you'd be like, you know what, might be a bit too early for this. Uh, I would have liked to have worked. <laughs> and thankfully, before I actually went to university, I, I worked. And that kind of helped, I think for a year and a half, that kind of helped as well, approaching the situation, approaching months, because we had, you know, we had expectations we had to meet. Although it was, I was doing something I loved, so it wasn't really work. But then it, mm. it, it attuned me. But then again, the whole pressure back home, like, no, dude, you go to university, get your degree, finish, get married, sort of like, man, not about that life just yet. For me, I could listen yeah. by the option, I could have continued working, right? And then got to university when I was 23, 24. For the first time, and then just gone and learned and then finished and then, you know, come and set up your life. But the expectation is that, like I said before, in Africa especially, that you should have all your stuff figured out by 25. And again, the parents don't make it easy by then taking examples. One hour, Ninji. 27, yes. <laughs> I never had two. Never had No, you don't smell on Ninji. My own human. Yeah, that's a, and, and you know what? There, there are some things you also get to, like if you don't really follow the conventional route, there's some, there's some things you then start to discover that you're like, oh man, people were holding it out on me because like, um, and I, I don't know if everyone else felt like that, but like when you're in high school and you're fighting for those points so that you qualify to go to uni and you know, you're like, I really would want to do this, but I can't really sum up the points so that I qualify for this. So I'm going to end up choosing something that I don't like for the sake of going to uni and then yeah, living my life in, I don't know, in misery because of that. But then it's one thing I noticed when I, when I was applying for uni that I think if you're 12th and above, you can pretty much pick any course you want without scrutiny when it comes to your points. And I was like, oh, so you can do whatever you want. You just have to wait a little longer. <laughs> and and yeah, like it was it was something that I just thought, hey, um, there we we give each other or we are given too much pressure when we still trying to figure things out because again you're you're just getting bombarded with levels you're like okay primary school i'm doing it i'm done right secondary school i have to pass the whole thing and done the main objective is to, to just pass that stage and get done go to university i need to pass that stage and i'm done um but you don't really have time to like uh or a chance to chill to relax and to observe and see which avenues actually work best for you. And yeah, hopefully, hopefully it improves. But yeah, it was fun discovering that as you grow older, some of the things that you thought were limitations just disappear. Mm. So it's actually, it's one of those things that like that pressure thing, like you're going dude, if you're young, like, I don't know, for me, maybe it's because I'm too serious, but I feel like, I feel, I feel that a lot in my so life. So serious. <laughs> I just feel like I'm out of time. Like, I'm just like running. I'm like, dude, I am out of time. I have aged. I'm not old. I'm not too old. And then people remind me and they're like, dude, you're young, dude. Like, look at me. You're young. You're like, <laughs> you haven't even gone through a third of your life. Um, so I guess that's also another thing to be like, you know what? You're going to live up until like, what, 90 or something? So that's how many 30s? That's three, right? three, six, nine years, uh, that's three. So it's like, before you're even 30, you're already complaining. Could say, ah, yeah, I was, yeah, I'm old, Yeesh, I'm out of time. But it's like, dude, you still have 40 plus more years. Uh, we can't guarantee that, to be honest. Like, Yeah, you, you can't. But that's so, the other thing. But you can't then live your life thinking, oh, no, I've got all the time in the world, you know, until like 90 or something. You could just get hit by a car tomorrow. Sure. Uh, I think that's what really pressured me as well to just decide to go on this path. But I felt like I was burning, like I was going to literally die if anything else. Um, so, yeah, which might have been an overreaction or whatever, but yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's worked out pretty well so far. It has, it has so worked far. out immaculately. And again, on, on the first point, I think you should never exist between the point of I am, I don't have i'm too old or time's running out or stuff like that try to find a happy medium just use the time that you have right now to do what to, the, the thing you want to do um 
it, it's like this is the thing I, I don't know which book I was reading and the guy was like the thing is that we're more focused on the future and the past than enjoying the present we're not looking at oh no this is the time I have now moment to moment we're thinking no five years down the line what am I going to be doing fair enough it's, it's, it's good to plan for that kind of stuff but then you have, you have to make time to enjoy the now and to enjoy what it is you're doing if, if you do enjoy what you're doing and just to sidetrack a bit I'm going to circle back to what Trafara said earlier when he said um, when people, like, not everybody's a problem solver. So um, there are people who are ranked like CEO one and then you're number 10 or something. I think that's that, that's the kind of thing that's kind of killed most people is because we see life and we see the way people are doing as ranks. So it's like, yeah, you are, you're doing, no, I'm not saying you, I'm not saying you see it that way. I'm just saying it's a, it's, 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 a, it's a thing I've seen people do most often. It's like, oh, no, he's number one. He makes the decisions. But then again, even if a CEO is a CEO, he only is in his position because of the competent people below him. So it's not a case like what you're saying, you can be like what you said before, and I should continue not to put you under the bus. You say, no, but you can be competent in being a number two in, in theory, like in the, the, the general sense of it. You can be good at doing that. You don't feel an affinity towards stepping up. But then again, you should see that you shouldn't see your role as I'm a number two. You should see I, my best work is done while supporting this. Yes, so, so so when I saw it, yeah, I felt like I was being misquoted there. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, that's what I was trying to say, that hey, I'm most effective as a number two. I've consciously decided, could if you force me to become a CEO, I could give it a shot. I'm not saying that it's impossible, but uh, hopefully, especially if you've tried it, and then you're like, yes, yeah, I've tried that, and I'm just, yeah, it's just difficult for me. I'm not there yet. Um, or oh, I don't want to get there. That's also another thing. Like someone can choose, Kuti. I actually don't want to be a CEO. Like, I'm not saying I can't. I don't want to be. Uh, because, yeah, I just want to be as effective as I can as a builder who's supporting uh, the, the CEO. And then people then say to you, oh, no, you lack ambition. No. That's me. But, no, that's... but it's it's my life. I yeah. get to choose what I want to do exactly. with it. Like, if you have crazy ambitions, do you? Like, don't come and pause your, <laughs> your ambitions in my life. Before is mad. No, do you, <laughs> do, know, you? Do, you know, do you know why? So this ties to something else that I see in my life. You see someone come in, right? They've got an issue, right? And then they, they want to talk to you, right? Um, and I'm like, yeah, sure. They probably they ask me a question, which requires research. And I'm like, sure, I'll get back to you. But then they keep on nagging and it's like urgent to them. And I'm like, have you stopped and thought, Kuti? Just because it's urgent in your life does not necessarily mean it's urgent in my life. Yeah. So the same thing, which just because you have like high ambitions does not mean that I want the same high ambitions. There's someone who just wants to be a stay-at-home dad. That's just pretty much it. Like nothing more to it. That's what they want out of their life. And it's okay. It's their life. Let them do what they want. Don't come and say, ah, you're not thinking high enough. It's like, especially if they are coming from a point of they're not saying they can't do it. Like there's someone who comes and they say they can't, right? This is someone who's saying, no, I don't want to. I believe I can grow and reach that level. I just don't want to. Uh, that's different. Whereas someone might be limiting themselves because they have a fixed mindset. They're like, I just can't do that. It's like, no, you can't say you can't before you've tried, right? So at least do it, um, see how it works out for you. And then um, if you don't like it, then you don't. But at least you know what you, you've given it a shot. So that's like a different thing. Um, but yeah. If someone just doesn't want to because they don't want to, not because they think they can't, then yeah, let them be. Yeah, it's like when you said about stay-at-home dads, it's like it's not it's not anything that they lack ambition, is that their affinities are more to nurturing. Hmm. Guys can be just be more nurturing. Like, you know what? I feel like I'll be fine if I was in a situation where I took care of my kids. Hmm. And you know, with how society's balance is that that's looked as one, you lack ambition, two, you're not following the the, the the cultural male yeah. female dynamic that happens in Zimbabwe <laughs> you're seen as weak and stuff like that and I think that that also plays in that people begin to suppress the, the best things about them simply because they need to present themselves a certain in a certain way to society will be to be acceptable to be accepted in society or in some sort of circle of society because you see like the whole macho bravado stuff and this kind of like I, I it kind of feels like we're going off a wayward path but this all kind of ties in to that you have to assess what you want what you need what you're good at, how much time you need. Sometimes you need to give yourself time. It even comes back to the whole university thing. It, you, you need to know what you want. You don't even need to know exactly what you want to be. You need to have an idea of who you are 
right? And then go on a course that best fulfills that. Not everything might fit indirectly, but there's something that can miss and match. And again, this is saying that you might want to change. So for example, the stay-at-home dad might be in seven years' time saying, listen, I want to go to school. And that's fine. You could have done a degree as an accountant since accountant is our favorite reference today. And then for it's on the line, you'd be like, I know, listen, I want to try this. If you've got the financial, you know, muscle to do it, if you've got the time, if you've, if you've planned it, then you can do it. People, the, the, the mindset is well locked to this one thing. I think it's that, that, that conveyor belt or that production line sort of set up that I have in my head when I look at the, the way some institutions run. Um, is that we're locked yeah. to believing once you get that one degree, that's all you're going to be your whole life. You need to refine it to a point. I have a friend who has two degrees, was getting a second now. Most people saying, oh no, why don't you refine that degree to a point when you get your PhD? It's like, listen, I did that for the experience. I'm doing the work now, but I feel like I need to do this now. It feels right. I can't really explain it to you why, but the thing is I can afford it. So it's not a problem. So let me do it. Not like I didn't even need to stick up for it. I was just like, yeah. And then to go back to what Rafael was saying. You got this. You got this. To go back to what Rafael was saying, ambitions differ. You might have high ambitions in business, but have a low political ambition. You might high, have high ambition or high acumen or whatever in, in scientific field, but have a low, low, uh, a very low emotional IQ. And again, that's that's not really a good term to use. But again, the other term I was thinking is like, you have the emotional uh, acuity of a teaspoon, but that feels like it's mean. So... Um, <laughs> So it's like, that's the thing. It's like, what you see, your worldview does not dictate who someone else's worldview, what someone else's worldview should be like. So you can't really, you know, denigrate anyone for choosing a path they've, they've chosen. And again, I think it's on you as well, the person, to then, you know, stick to your guns. Live and die by the sword. Yep, live and die by the sword. Thankfully, you guys let me ramble today. Like, yeah. I feel all rambled out now. Yes. No, you were bottling it up, so we're letting you release, you know. Thank you. Thank you. It was therapy. Like Trevor Noah said, like guys, guys cry in bulk. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. But like it's no, uh, yeah. again, people might see us meandering into all these things, but again, it's it's drawing from our life experiences to then show you that, yeah, like you can I'm not saying this is a uh, playbook by any means of like um Anything. I think it's more a case of um, our experiences could you could draw parallels to it. Yeah, you could draw parallels from Faro who um, who didn't have the inverse experience at all, who's doing really well, and again is backed by his drive and his need, his intelligence. Hey guys, guess. I think you're over, you're over, you're over exaggerating my life. <laughs> yeah, listen, it's my show. I do what I want. So <laughs> uh, then you can go there. <laughs> we go to a technical college. You get a job. Um, you do your job and then you do something else that you, it was, like you said last time, he just wants to know things. And that's fine. And he's, he's backing it up, so let him do it. You can do my route, go to the university, do the university experience, finish it, well, almost. Hate your life. <laughs> and then look back and regret it at, at the X amount of years he spent in school. But again, there were, there were you know, high, high points in that, you know, dedicating a certain amount of time to learning only is good because you get exposed to so much stuff if you've got the right environment, the right people around you, teachers, et cetera. So I'm grateful for that. But then again, looking back on it, we go back to the, you should have given me that money at the beginning. I may have, you know, revived Tesla instead of Elon Musk. Who knows? Who knows? I'm going to be a billionaire right now. <laughs> Who knows? People just want to listen to me. So to, to, to sort of wrap up, um, I don't know, do you guys have any more thoughts? Or yeah, y'all are good? Um, yeah, yeah several thoughts in another tangent which will be explored at a later time <laughs> so we'll leave that question for the next episode so write it down because i know you'll forget you'll be like ah no by the way i had forgotten this came up that came up i don't know where i put it <laughs> um so oh, i'm guessing cool. i think we'll, give, we'll each give a summary so we'll start with the host which is me and i know i'm going against what i said in technically that the host goes last but you know what I sure I do what I want. <laughs> uh, I'm just joking. Uh, so for me, it's basically universities aren't shutting out useless students um, or useless graduates. Um, I think it's, it's it's a cultural issue. The amount of exposure we give people, uh, the bottlenecking we do for people, um, especially in the homes, when people get bottlenecked into certain way of thinking, um, the, the irrational timelines 
that we said we should have our lives figured out. You will figure out your life the rest of your life, trust me. I'm saying that as I'm seeing, I'm in the toilet of my 20s. So trust me on that. Um, you will be figuring out your life when you're 40. So don't think there's a point where you'll get it all sorted. Um, we're not allowed to discover, which is basically the problem. Um, again, ties to the culture issue, we're not allowed to discover. They're not knowing what we're good at. Some people might find out what they love when they're when it's when it's when they're later on in life and might not have the verb or the drive to do it then. Um, so, in my whole thing is Bobbin society needs to be exposed to a number of things, especially children in schools, to learn skills. For example, like knowing how to use Photoshop and Adobe Pro, Adobe Premiere, and stuff like that. Uh, when you're young, could like give you a, a leg up or coding. You know, as a kid, you know, you never know you might need to use it. So for me, it's exposure that will create more, I guess, in AC the most terms, useful graduates. Mm, mm. Yeah. Well, for me, it will be, it will be a matter of just uh, understanding that um, you have a choice. So just because you're doing a specific thing doesn't mean you can't do something else. I mean, as you grow, as you experience more things, your interests and your tastes kind of uh, change, do, uh, become different, they mature, and you shouldn't be limited by what you're currently doing uh, and just assume that that is it for the rest of your life. Uh, you can always, at any point in time, switch to another tangent and do whatever it is that fulfills you the most. So open minds, people, move around with open minds. Um, and then, yeah, for me, it's just do you, yeah. Like, yeah, pretty much that. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. No, but yeah, like in seriousness, yeah. Um, choose what you want, go with it, with everything. And like, you're going to die if you don't give it your all. And yeah, like what you said, if you want to switch, switch. Um, it's your life. It's your life, really. If you go to university, don't be the quote-unquote useless graduate. Be the anomaly. Be different because you can, but not for the sake of it. <laughs> so um, thank you very much. Since Yami's not here, I'll have to sign off. Uh, thank you, Rufaro, for taking time out of your immensely busy schedule to join us for this episode. Um, Ed, I wouldn't want to be always around. That's fine. And all right. Uh, Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. Bye. Forgot to say that. It's very important to say. Uh, aren't you going to say goodbye? You're just going to be like, uh, uh, sling off into goodbye. the Goodbye. <laughs> goodbye.